0: Welcome, everyone, to another installment of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief, the legal podcast that provides easy to understand information about estate and business planning to help you, your family, and your business. And now, the jovial gents of jurisprudence, Mike Betts and
1: Spencer Chaffin. Hello, everybody. We are here for, again, America's most popular and trending podcast. The BC Counselor's legal brief. I'm sitting across from my colleague Spencer Chiffin. That's the French pronunciation, but he goes. My by German
0: ancestry does not appreciate that. Is
1: it German? You have a German. Uh, Is do, it German?
0: I do have German heritage. However, I had someone find out for me. Yeah. I also have distant relative that fought in the American Revolution. Oh shoot! Did you yeah. really? Oh, that's so, super. So cool. technically, I could file like. Join the sons of no. American you're Revolution. the daughter.
1: You're a daughter of the American Revolution, Spencer. Yeah, them fighting words, son. <laughs> them fighting words, as they say here in Texas. <laughs> them fighting words. Them
0: fighting words.
1: Okay, so Mr. Chaffman, we're here for another podcast. I feel like we had like we've been on a roll with some really historically call, interesting podcasts. Just
0: call us butter, butter, because we're on a roll.
1: We're on a roll, son. I like that actually. <laughs> for now, the second. Actually, maybe like consecutively weeks now, Pierce. In those like some very widey, tidy, just hug everything jorts. It's disgusting. Why are but you, also- you
0: <laughs> salivating over there, Mike?
1: <laughs> Did you get the image of that salivating emoji? The
0: it, <laughs> no, you almost sounded like Hannibal <laughs> Lecter. <where you> were you?
1: <laughs> when I see these uh, jorts, these tight jorts, I think. <laughs> However it goes. Have a little
0: fava bean and a bottle of Chianti.
1: Chianti. That's exactly right. (laughs) You were messed up. Yeah. Well, so we're here for another one and we're going to keep the roll moving. That's not a saying, but you get the idea. The ball rolling? Keep the ball rolling. Not the roll. The ball. It's all going to be rolling. It's all rolling. We're going to do a brief kind of introduction to something called the Family Wealth Preservation Trust.
0: Which is specific to Oklahoma.
1: That's right. In certain states, the various laws will allow folks to create these unique types of, quote unquote, asset protection trusts. So we're going to talk a little bit about asset protection. Since we do trusts, we'll talk about a really unique and interesting one in Oklahoma. And then for all of you Texas folks out there, Set this one out.
0: Or if you're Texas but have Oklahoma assets. Oh, yeah, if you have
1: Oklahoma assets. And that's an interesting question that we can talk about because there might be strategy even for you Texans out there to think about the Oklahoma Family Wealth Preservation Trust. But nothing in this world that we're going to talk about is 100% certain because even that trust is a relatively new thing. And by terms or in terms of the law, it's brand new hasn't really been tested in bankruptcy courts and the like. So what we're going to be talking is a little bit cutting edge. Not but is a little right. cutting edge
0: since 2004.
1: Yeah, I mean don't get me
0: wrong that's many moons yeah. ago, but it's for the just, law it's but cutting think edge. About that. Yeah. It's yeah. only what it's 18 yeah. years. 18 years. Out of all the years of law. I know. And, it is very fresh.
1: And it's an area that I think you don't have a lot of litigation. Is certainly in Oklahoma. And and we can do a more updated survey on that. But I don't want people to get too certain about anything that we're going to talk about today. It's interesting. It's a fascinating <laughs> thing. And, and I don't think it's experimental in the sense that. It's not worth talking. Like, people, sophisticated people are doing this and it's interesting. But it is a subset of asset protection planning. And in a nutshell, Spencer, tell everyone when we talk about asset protection planning, like, what are we trying to
0: accomplish? We're trying to protect our assets from creditors, whether that be, you know, a lawsuit, debts, things of that nature. So you're trying to preserve. Your assets from someone else getting their grubby hands on them.
1: So I'm a doctor, and again, I'm not you, you picking are, on the you doctors. You are a doctor. Yeah, for, you gotta all doctorate. Your, for all you doctors out there. We're doctors we're too. We're doctors too. Just call me, uh, Doctor Chafin. Let's. Uh, why have I not been addressing you with like mm. the due respect? Uh, I don't know.
0: It really has hurt my feelings. I'm
1: gonna fix that, Doctor Chafin. Yes, Doctor Betts. Thank you. Let's say I am not just a jurist doctor. But I'm an a medical, medical doctor. doctor. Yeah. So let's say I'm just another type of doctor because we're at the same level, right? As jurist doctors, we're right. at the exact same level That's exactly as right. all other doctors. Give me a scalpel. Including medical doctors. Yeah. So let's say I'm just horizontally or parallel, just jump right to him. I commit malpractice allegedly, but it's not alleged. Now I've got a, a, a million dollar judgment against me. Yep. Okay. And they're trying to get paid. And let's say I forgot to pay the malpractice premiums and I can't get malpractice. So there's no coverage. Let's just say those are the facts. People trying to get their grubby hands on the assets. If I have done some asset protection planning, at least in theory, it might be me and I can go to bankruptcy court and I can ask for a discharge and say, I truly own nothing. This is what it is. And let's say I got my license revoked. This is a bad malpractice. So my license is revoked. (laughs) So even the odds of me earning money in the future, like I just need a chapter seven bankruptcy and a restart and I do that. But I have all of these assets and so I'm really not out. Let's say that's the theory. That's what people want to do. So the first thing that I wanted to say on this podcast as Spencer and I were kind of chatting a little bit about what we're gonna talk about is, I don't think that people need to think about estate planning as like that type of a thing. I think folks think very rich people have these like sophisticated plans and can avoid all liabilities whatsoever and I'm not saying if you don't move all your assets to like an offshore like 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 yes, there are mechanisms that people can take things out of America, and it can be very hard, but practically speaking, even the big timers here that aren't big time enough to do that sort of like really, really outlandish planning and planning uh, yeah. and, and let's be real, fraud. Like if we're doing things by the book, guys, asset protection planning, it's not this magic bullet. So I want to demystify that. Like there are going to be folks that say, well, you could do this and this and this. And in theory, yes. But for every general rule, there's exceptions. There's this thing called the fraudulent transfer. Right. It's a statute in every state has adopted some form of it.
0: So you get that malpractice and then you move your assets because you knew you were about yeah. to lose. Well, of course, you're doing that to hide the assets I'm from creditors. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you don't even necessarily have to have an intent to defraud. It's just like timing things. In bankruptcy, there are timing things that you need to be aware of. So as we're talking about this, asset protection planning is a real thing. But to Spencer's point, like we need to be talking about it early, 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 early. Like be let's, preventative. Yes. We need to be doing our preventive maintenance, not repairs or trying to address. We want to be, you said, instead of reactive, we want to be proactive. That's exactly right. right. So that's no more could it be said it's true than in this scenario. Estate planning is great, but we can be a little reactive in estate planning like a lot of people are. Like if you want true asset protection planning, like we got to be thinking about it now, which leads us to the Oklahoma Family Wealth Preservation Trust. So we're talking asset protection planning. Spencer, what the hell is this trust?
0: So it is an amoeba. It is both irrevocable and revocable. And so this trust, it was, the act was actually created in 2004. And then it was updated in 2014, last I'm seen, to be a little bit more flexible, which a lot of times most asset protection trusts are not flexible. They're very clunky. It's almost once you said it you don't get anything to do with it again.
1: Yeah, you cannot in the general idea. And as far as I'm aware, Oklahoma's the only place that I think it was the 2014 amendments fundamentally changed things because in Oklahoma there's no limit.
0: Yeah, so initially it was a million dollar limit on assets you could put in the trust.
1: That's right.
0: And they were very picky about the assets having to be Oklahoma assets.
1: Yeah. So the idea ultimately is you've got this creature that is unlimited amount of assets you can put in it. Now, the caveat is they have to be quote unquote Oklahoma assets, but we'll talk about that in a second. But it's unlimited value and it can be revocable. And that is very important because revocable for those that follow this podcast, no, that means you can change it. Right? Just think, change it, not set it and then be stuck with it. Because a lot of people, we talk about revocable and irrevocable. Irrevocable trusts, people are like, well, I want to be able to set, uh, change the trustees. I want to be able to change the beneficiaries. I want to be able to change my mind. Cannot do that in an irrevocable trust. And that's the first element, has to be truly irrevocable. And then these states limit things on what you can and can't do within it. Oklahoma fundamentally changes it where it says all of the assets, unlimited value can go into this and you can change your mind. And all of these assets in this are exempt from creditors. That's the other thing too. Like this trust is treated as a separate person from you. So everything that's in it, a creditor comes after you in my malpractice case. They can get you, but they can't get any of those assets.
0: Now, a couple of things that go with that on why that creditor is not able to go after those assets is the trust doesn't really benefit you. It will either benefit your spouse, lineal heirs, which is like children, grandchildren, so bloodline, think of it that way, or a charity. So really, the beneficiaries are still not you. However, there is a caveat with it being a revocable trust. There is the possibility to where you could partially revoke the trust to make a payment to you. But, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, very, yeah. very, very, very unique. Now, the other part is who's the trustee?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Spencer's bring me back to ground because I was getting a little bit, oh my goodness, about Excited, this. Excited. Yeah. Because yeah, so,
0: it, it really isn't for us nerdy people. This is a real exciting yeah, tool. It's
1: an interesting tool because, again, it's a creature like nothing has I've seen exists. So, there are limitations. Remember, Asset protection planning, you can't just avoid creditors magically. Like the idea is creditors' bona fide debts need to be paid. That's the idea, right? And we don't want people avoiding that fraudulently or quote unquote non actual intent fraud, but fraudulent transfer type stuff. But this trust is an exception to the rule if you hit certain elements. And so Spencer hit on the elements. There are limitations on who the beneficiaries can be. But this is why this is exciting. Like, wouldn't you rather have everything go to your spouse or your lineal descendants? I mean, that's why we're like making these massive estates and working so hard. That's what we're working for. And we're all amazing people sacrificing ourselves for them. Those are the best beneficiaries, like period. So I can live with that. The other amazing thing about this and why I was getting excited, as Spencer said, you can revoke partially the damn thing. So if you do need to make payments or you've done this, and then once all the dust has settled, again, no fraud. We're not doing anything like screwy because you can't. People who are doing it screwy are just getting away with it. And if folks really focused on it, we could probably attack some of the things. But in this regard, you could change it. You could either carve yourself out completely or change your mind down the road. But the other thing, and this Spencer was hinting at, that's another limitation because nothing comes without some struggle.
0: Right. You got to have, you know, some strings attached.
1: Yeah. That big string that's attached is you got to have at least one of the trustees has to be an Oklahoma bank.
0: Now, and it could either be the sole trustee. Or trust company. Well, yeah, the trust company that's based in Oklahoma, and it can either be the sole trustee or it could be a co-trustee with someone else. So, But that is the requirement is you got to have that institution. Why is that? Well, there's speculation on it, but it's probably safe to say being that they want it connected to Oklahoma for the fact of they've got that oversight, that trust company, If you go back and listen to two episodes ago, we were talking about corporate entities serving as trustees. This is where they've got to follow those rules. And this trust has to follow the rules of the act in and of itself established by law. So that means the corporate entity is going to follow those rules. So it's a good checks and balance to an extent.
1: It is. It is. But you know, again, not to beat a dead horse. I love doing that. What's remarkable is Let's say you just named an institution as your trustee. If this was irrevocable and we were trying to address maybe the, this, a similar species like in a state like Nevada, right? You would be hard-pressed, I don't believe. and We're not experts in Nevada law, but my memory is that you cannot change if we had done that. as an irrevocable trust because it's truly irrevocable. There's not going to be a mechanism where you get to change. That trustee, like you as the person who created it, you're not going to be changing that if that's what we put in here. And so, if we did this corporate trustee, normally you can never change that in this revocable trust. You can 100% change it because, again, you would revoke the trust with respect to the assets and create a new trust if you wanted to change that trustee. So, it gives you an insane amount of flexibility considering it is designed to shield creditors from accessing it. It's just weird to me. I can't believe that the Oklahoma legislature allowed it. it.
0: Right. Yeah. It is very unique. It
1: is unique. For as
0: conservative as a state Oklahoma is, this is almost groundbreaking. Like it's more advanced and beneficial to non-businesses, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's bad or good. Yeah. I'm saying like it's a great tool. And if the law says you can do it, you know, if it's right for you, you're to use it. But here's another caveat, too, Mike. A lot of the trusts you and I do are joint trusts. Yeah. That's not the case here. Right. It's a single grand tour. So, say you got a married couple. Well, if the spouses want to do something together, you could do mirror trust, but the wife would do one that mirrors the same as the husband's in that, regards to. That, so that's, that's, that's kind a of point. a unique thing in and of itself as well. But that's where it also is good because it allows for that flexibility. Of if you did want to have your spouse as a co-trustee with that bank, well, you obviously can't do it in a joint trust. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. No, that's exactly right. We're going to take a short break. But we'll return with more legal info to help you, your family, and your business right here on the BC Counselor's Legal Brief.
0: This episode of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief is brought to you by Alfredo Robledo Certified Public Accountant, P.C., Alfredo has been licensed as a certified public accountant since 1984 and is located in Grapevine, Texas. Alfredo can help with many different tax matters, ranging from filing individual and business tax returns, trust and estate filings, as well as bookkeeping services for your business. You can contact Alfredo at 817-421-0720 or find him at grapevinecpa.com.
1: and I'm almost a teenager. I have a real problem. My daddy and my grandfather love pie. For my daddy, it's apple. For my poppy, it's anything lemon. But they won't bring me any pie. I don't think that's fair. They always go to Judy Pie on Main Street in Grapevine, where Miss Judy and her bakers make 20 different kinds of pies, and cinnamon rolls on the weekend. But I don't get any. They tell me I can have pie when I'm a teenager. Like pie is only for grown-ups or something. Can someone please call my daddy and my poppy and tell them I need pie? In the meantime, you can go to JudyPie.com, or if you're in grapevine texas visit judy pie on main street and if my daddy or my poppy are there tell them that kaya wants a piece of pie
0: and we're back and you're listening to the bc counselor's legal brief the podcast providing legal info to help you your family and your business
1: let's talk about texas folks and now i'm thinking out loud i'm thinking out loud spencer Texas folks, Texas doesn't have this. The theory would be we would form an Oklahoma LLC.
0: Well, let's step back real quick. And so to paint the picture of why you're about to talk about this is that this trust has to own, and I'm going to quote, have a majority in value of its assets comprised of Oklahoma assets. So it's very, very specific on the assets. Now, Here's where you're getting into, okay, us Texas folks that may not have any Oklahoma assets. How do we maybe get around that?
1: Yeah, and that's exactly right. And this is
0: by law. Like, this is with the 2014 revisions to the act. So this is awesome. Go for
1: it. So the thinking is maybe, maybe we could create an Oklahoma LLC that is an Oklahoma entity, and it is, if you will, the ownership interest in the Oklahoma entity. They call those membership interests. That's an Oklahoma asset. It's an Oklahoma entity, domestic entity. There will be certain things that you have to do. Like if you're an out-of-state person, depending on how the entity's taxed, this would probably be a partnership. You'll have to file something with the state of Oklahoma saying that these are out-of-state people because the states charge income tax, well, require income tax filings for people, even if they're in Texas. But there's this exemption that you can sign. That's a different podcast. Yeah. Talk to your CPAs. The idea, though, is if you're dealing with Oklahoma, there's a little bit of an issue, but it's not so bad.
0: But if you're willing to try and preserve, and we're talking a good amount of assets, yeah. it's nothing to stress about. Are so, you, yeah. Is yeah. the juice
1: worth the squeeze? That's up to you guys. Here, we defer to you. We would in our would hypothetical, yes. yes. Let's say I'm a surgeon. Yeah. And you've got a big $3 million house. Actually, Spencer, because I'm a more successful surgeon than that. Shame on you for thinking I'm well, not better Mike, than
0: I'm a modest person and all the other money no. is going to the bank. $30 you, million. You, dollars. you spent yours no. on a house and it's no. all in the
1: house and you have no cash. That's where you messed See, up. I bought a $20 million house, son, because I can afford it with
0: cash. And now you have no other cash.
1: True. So I have a $20 million house. I'm a house And you're four, driving your
0: Miata. I'm so house poor. But it's important to <laughs> yeah, say cash but,
1: because remember, if you have a mortgage, right? if I had a mortgage... That is going to be the collateral. Like, Even if I put my house in this trust, that bank will get that asset. Because that
0: mortgage follows the asset in regards to that. That's exactly, exactly. right. So See, that's why cash. we were joking because I knew that would come up.
1: Exactly. That's exactly right. The but you still spent so too cash. much on that house. But, yeah, but I'm a baller surgeon, <laughs> not $3 million. And so $20 is a lot of money. So I want to put this house yep. to protect right. it. This is my kingdom. Well, other like thing that we need to point out that's outside the purview because we just have to like review the statutes all states have uh, um, homestead, homestead exemptions and oklahoma i will tell you is like a very favorable homestead exemption i can't remember what the homestead exemption in texas is like if you're outside of the county is it still limited or unlimited
0: it looks like texas has an unlimited homestead exemption it is unlimited okay yeah.
1: so texas and oklahoma are similar in that very regard similar, yeah. so if you're within the states that the city limits of oklahoma like there is a different homestead exemption. So in Oklahoma, if you want to put all your money into something, go out to the country and you're golden. So even Oklahoma has kind of like a a weird little hybrid thing, but not an issue. My $3 million homestead is good. I'm dealing with the $17 million of non-homestead exemption and non-exempt assets. So it's $17 million worth of exempt assets. That's a ton of money. So what might I do? But none of that's Oklahoma source, let's say. I might be able... To form an Oklahoma LLC, transfer those assets to the Oklahoma LLC, which would become a holding company. And then my trust, this new Oklahoma Family Wealth Preservation Trust, would own 100% of this Oklahoma entity. That Oklahoma Family Wealth Preservation Trust, let's pick an Oklahoma bank. I don't want to plug anybody in particular. So, Okie Bank should be a made up name. That's not a real thing, it's not intended to be a real thing. Oklahoma are us banking cooperative unlimited. Union. Nobody would have done union. Got union. <laughs> that, <you> <laughs> okay, so that's our bank. Yeah. We're just gonna call it okay bank because I can't remember what I just said. So that will be the trustee. I have to pay it money to hold this. That's another bad thing. But in our hypothetical $17
0: million, we've got the, that is kind of money we're putting in there, we've probably yeah. got the money to pay the trustee. And I have not,
1: yeah. by the way, committed malpractice yet. Like I'm paying all my bills, I'm solvent everything is good. Solvent, by the way, for those of you that aren't sure, that means like I have positive monies, like more monies and assets than I have liabilities. So I'm golden. In this particular case, I might be able to have this Oklahoma Family Wealth Preservation Trust. The question in my mind, though, Spencer, is if I come from Texas, though, I've got a community property deal. Let's say all of these assets I created while I was married to my spouse. They're in my name, so that's why I created my trust and I put into Family Wealth Preservation Trust. But my spouse has a community property interest in it. Could her creditors attach to that? Potentially, so would but we need to do two
0: trusts that's what as I would, a matter that's of That's probably course? what I would recommend and then split the ownership of the LLC, half in husband's trust and half in wife's trust, because that's their community property interest. And that's where these Scenarios come in that we sit down and talk about and look at, but I would absolutely do one trust for each of
1: them. I'm going to fact check you because nobody's listening to this to fact check you. So I will fact check you on that, but I think you're right, Spencer. And luckily nobody's going to fact check me because I'm just going to confirm what you said. Because you're the expert. Like we're going to fact check each other. I'll tell you what, I'm going to fact check you and then you fact check me. Okay. And then if we need to revise this, we'll revise it. But if we never get back to it, then it will just be out there in the ether forever. Our so. indelible mark in the universe. So long story short, all of this is asset protection planning is not a 100% certainty, but right. there's an incredible tool in Oklahoma. It's called the Family Wealth Preservation Trust. Yep. It's weird. And it's not just for Okies. Not just for Okies. There might be a solution so that non-Okies can do it. And it's from a state planning geek perspective. It's really cool. And I don't think a lot of people really, even if they are are generally aware of it, fully appreciate it. It's kind of the stuff of really cool articles that you can write and put on your law firm website to make people feel like you really know what you're talking about. Or you could do a podcast over it and they're like, holy smokes, you guys know what you're doing. We absolutely do. a lot of people, I don't think, are leveraging this tool and it might be something worth really sitting down and taking a look at. If you want to protect assets against creditors. But there's a lot of balancing things to do, like estate tax planning. We didn't even talk about that. That's okay.
0: That's for another time.
1: Another time. Well, so then that is it for this one.
0: Yeah, we got to go pay some bills because during this podcast, I got an email with an invoice from our producer. So I got to go bill something so the way I can Did he send pay.
1: a bill while he's doing our thing? He was sa- sending us a, a bill? It. Golly. He just wanted us to see it <laughs> before we left. That's exactly right. So I can write him a check. But before- what he doesn't realize is BC counselors at law currently sits in an Oklahoma Family Wealth Preservation Trust. And he can't son. Come get it,
0: son. Son.
1: <laughs> Listen to this podcast, son. Come get our money. Okay, we'll pay you. Yeah. All right. We like Pierre. We, we want him to Pierre. come back. We do. Okay. That's it. Thank you guys for listening as always, Spencer. Anything you want to say before we go? Happy trails. Yep. Happy trails. I like that. Bye.
0: And that brings us to the end of another show. For more information on today's topic or previous show topics, visit our website at thebccounselorsatlaw.com. While there, feel free to let us know what future show topics you'd like us to cover. On behalf of Mike, this is Spencer, and we thank you for listening. And remember, it's always our goal to provide easy-to-understand legal info to help you, your family, and your business here on the BC Counselors Legal Brief.